Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 61. I'm Art Regner, and our guest is a former Red Wing and now currently a player agent, uh, Ryan Barnes. A coach, what doesn't this fella do or what hasn't he done? But uh, uh, for those of us that uh, have been Red Wing followers for a long time like myself, Ryan Barnes is really no stranger to uh, to Red Wing fans. Drafted in the 1998 NHL entry draft in the second round, 55th overall, taken uh, right after Yuri Fisher. So with that grand introduction, let's, uh, let's bring uh, uh, Ryan in here as we're going to talk about the, the uh, uh, combine that is coming up uh, beginning on Tuesday in Buffalo for prospective uh, kids that are, are going to be available in the uh, 2018 draft, which is going to be in Dallas on the 23rd and 24th of June, I believe. So with all that, let's uh, bring Ryan in. Ryan, thanks for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. Art, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to follow up uh, Tyler Wright and and uh, and Kenny Holland, and uh, uh, an honor to follow those guys. And uh, again, great to always great to spend some time with you. And uh, thanks for having me. Well, it's it's my pleasure. Up next, right after you, episode sixty two is going to be Sean Horkoff. So you're in some rarefied air, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you, it, it's, it's well. It's, it's an honor to be here. It's well worth yeah. it. Uh, drafted in the second round, as I said, nineteen ninety eight by the Red Wings. Uh, I know that when you came in, because I followed the Red Wings religiously my whole life, and that you were considered to be a guy with a score, but a real rugged kind of player, just uh, you know, just a, a bit of a nasty streak, uh, but also having some skill. Uh, take us back to what was the draft process like for you? Is it going to be similar to what some of the uh, some of your clients? And, let, and right now, Philip Zadina is considered to be one of the top prospects. He's your client, as well as uh, Red Wing uh, uh, Andreas Athanasiu and Mitch Marner of Toronto. I mean, you've got a lot of clients, but just uh, some names that uh, fans would be recognized with. Just take us back to that moment, and what was it like for a young Ryan Barnes as he approached the uh, NHL draft? Yeah, I remember. Obviously, things have evolved since uh, <laughs> since 1998, and but, uh, I mean, a lot of things have remained the same, and I, and I remember... Uh, Meeting with the Wings at the Adams Mark Hotel, which is just uh, down the road a little bit from now, the new, uh, the new Marriott uh, at the at the Harbor Center where they do the testing. But I remember meeting in a conference room with uh, with Donnie Waddell and and obviously Ken Hall and Jim Nill, um, the staff, the Joe McDonnell and uh, the staff that was there. And I was I wasn't uh, invited to the combine in '98, so I think typically it's a uh, hundred players from globally that uh, get invited. Uh, so I wasn't a combine guy, but uh, again, met with the wings, met with a few other clubs and uh, had an idea going into the draft that they had an interest, but, and obviously it was, uh, it was, a, it was a very nice surprise and uh, a great day uh, being, being selected and something that, uh, you know, still even now um, is, a, is a great honor. Well, you, you go in there and you're a raw kid, you're 18 years old. And you sit down, and at that point, the Red Wings in, uh, had won a cup. Uh, you know, the, the organization, they had almost a who's who's lineup even back then. Some really great homegrown players, too. Uh, Red Wings always get knocked. I mean, sure, they signed some free agents, but a lot of guys they drafted and, and developed on their own. Stevie, uh, Sergey, I can go on, Nick. I mean, you know, maybe their top three players of that entire era were all homegrown talent. But uh, so you walk in there, what are you thinking? What kind of questions did they ask you? Just ask some, you know, some questions about your family and, and, you know what makes you tick, like questions on what makes you tick and why you want to be a, 
player. I, I can't remember specifically if there was any, you know, but I remember them asking about, you know, my first job and, and uh, you know, what my parents did a little bit. So I, I remember talking about that and, and just some questions in general about your game. Um, so, I, I mean, that's, and again, it's evolved a little bit since since then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and I remember it just being very, you know, comfortable. Like, there were a lot of great people in that organization. And, and uh, yeah, it was a discussion like you and I are having here now. And, and uh, yeah, it was, in, it was really enjoyable for, for, uh, for me. Nothing off the wall. If you were a tree, what kind of tree you would be? Uh, you know, what's your favorite color or anything yeah, nothing, like that? Nothing like that, but it, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But, yeah, there are some, some clubs that do uh, psychological testing with players. And, uh, you know, and that's we can get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, that's, um, you know, some of the different different things that teams are doing and, and getting different insight on players. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't uh, wasn't asked anything like that. Does the league or did they have it back then? And we'll get into the into the combine that's coming up this week. That's uh, primarily why we're, we're we're talking to Ryan. But this is kind of fascinating. Was it, do they have like a wonderlick test like they have in the NH uh, or in the NFL that they test like your, for lack of a better term, I think it's kind of like an IQ test. I mean, is that? I think some teams will do it independently, but uh, the combine itself is uh, is individual interviews with teams and then. Uh, some teams do will contact us or contact the players to do individual testing, um, different things, uh, psych psychological stuff or intelligence testing, um, you know, just profile testing, things like that. I'm sure you pass that with flying colors. Well, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, I, I, I am fascinated by this whole process, and I know that these are these are young men that are about to be drafted into the National Hockey League, but is it the is this combine? In conjunction with the NHL Players Association at all, or is there, or is this pretty much just an NHL it's, thing, it's, an individual uh, team? Yeah, it's run run and run by NHL Central Scouting, and it's an NHL uh, event. So they, so they, uh, uh, you think the players should get involved, or they, the because you guys have yeah, gone I through mean, it, or I, yeah, you know, I don't because think you could say, hey, wait a second, you know, this aspect of the thing, and and I know this is a bit off the wall, Ryan. It, it, this aspect of what you guys do, we don't like it. We want to get something in the CBA that, even though they're not members yet, or they're just on the cusp, but you know, you've got to kind of tone it down a bit. You know, I think that the players are are treated, you know, very fairly. I think. You know, players that are playing still now in the Memorial Cup, you know, typically they don't do any of the uh, physical testing. Um, different players in the past we've represented that have come directly from the Memorial Cup to the, I think the semifinals is tonight, uh, that d go directly to Buffalo. You know, they understand that they've had a long season, probably played through injury. Um, you know, so it's not a, a rigorous, you know, it's not they don't put them through the rigors of the the testing I think some of the testing is it's good feedback for the players to have as they go into their their summer training so and most of the interviews are they're you know they're one-on-one -on -one, um, or one to the, the staff and um, they're limited to 20 minutes so uh, each team at the combine only has 20 minutes with, with each player so um, so yeah I don't think it's too you know too rigorous on the players or uh, it's a good experience from that, for them to go through. A great opportunity for teams to get to learn about them a little bit more. When you uh, it begins on Tuesday, um, can I, I we, you know Philip Zadina, whom uh, you know if he was at number six, I think the Red Wings would have a difficult time not taking him. <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. You know he's uh, he's shifty. He's a playmaker. Has a great shot. He uh, uh, considers himself a great two-way player. You know that he's a high-end talent. He's your client. Uh, what can he uh, expect? 
and how much prep can you really do? You being a former play, player and now being an agent, being a coach uh, uh, in the OHL as well, uh, you know, you have an extensive background, obviously, in hockey, and you know, you've been coached by some great, uh, you know, Mike Babcock was your coach in Cincinnati. So how can you prepare him for this? Yeah, I mean, we, we go through and prepare all of our guys on what they may expect. Um, you know, most of the teams are, are pretty good with the, the players, again, just getting to know them. Um, but again, there there may be a, a few teams that will send a send a zinger in, and you know, ask players about different parts of their game that may be considered a weakness. And so we just try to prepare the players to for anything. And I think, you know, for for most people, our advice to players is be yourself. I mean, if you try to be somebody else, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna come off looking good, not looking good. But so be yourself, enjoy your time, and and be honest and. Uh, and I think you know the teams will have more respect for that. And, and also, we we try to tell the players like it's how you've played on the ice is is the most important. This is just a small small part of of you know the, your body of work of the season. It's how they've played on the ice is is what the teams are going to put the most emphasis on. Not that a guy is a a great interview, uh, you know. So I mean that's where you can try to give these guys some comfort and say, hey, you know, there's nothing that, you, that you're going to say that's going to drop you, you know plummet you down the, the draft list. Is Do some teams emphasize the interview portion or the physical testing more? Uh, because we've always heard that, you know, physical testing's nice, but if you've reached this level, you're pretty you're pretty athletic. Let's put it that way. So so do, do some teams just say, you know, and it, is that why if a kid does an interview well, do you have to kind of calm them down or, you know, because yeah, I, you know I, that so-and-so teams, bam, you know, they, they emphasize the interview. I think most of the the teams that have experience with it, they use it as a measuring stick where uh, maybe in the interview process you can learn a little bit where a player is maturity-wise, you know, how far along he is. And the same thing in the testing. It's it's how far along that player is. You know, is he done growing? Is he a full, fully grown man? And he's is he testing here? I mean, there's some players. I mean, Casey Middlestat was one. Sam Bennett was a, a client that did have a, a shoulder injury, but... Um, you know, wasn't able to do a pull-up, and that was big news a few years back. Um, and actually got Sammy an endorsement deal uh, when he wasn't able to do a pull-up out of that. But really? um, so I think a lot of the teams are are really using it as a measuring stick where where they are in their their development path. Some some players are just starting to 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 are in the middle of growing and and have you know maybe a couple years left. Some guys are are fully grown men, and are they going to get better? Are like. Some guys are developed as as men playing juniors, and when they turn to play, pro, you know, when they go into the pro game, you know, is that going to translate? So I think you know, people are always taking information. Teams are taking information to see kind of where these guys are at, not you know, not uh, say this is what the finished product is going to look like here. You know, I don't want to focus on Zadina, even though I'm lighting candles in church to hope the Red Wings get him somehow. But uh, uh, he's playing in the Memorial Cup. Uh, no, Phil's not. Phil's not. Uh, Halifax is hosting the Memorial Cup oh, okay. next, next oh, season. Oh, okay, next okay, season. okay, yeah. yeah so, sorry about that. So if he's uh, – uh, mix, mix him up with somebody else. I mean, going through – yeah, your job is Noah, amazing. Noah Dobson is playing. Yeah, Noah, that's yeah, yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Noah Dobson, who's yeah. a high pick, who, yeah. who could end up being a Red Wing too. Yeah. Uh, you know, now everyone's Bouchard or Dobson, depending on, uh, on who's there at number six, if the Red Wings stay at number six. With that said, does, does Adina have a list of uh, uh, teams right now? When he walks in Tuesday, does he have an itinerary? Because I would imagine – I look at this and I think he's going to be a high pick. So is it 
only six, seven teams that think they really have a legitimate shot at him? Or will he have a list of 31 teams that all want to talk to him? His, his list will be near near 30. I mean, really? I think it'd be, and I, I think Because teams, teams could trade? Or? Could trade. Anything can happen. I mean, obviously, you want to be, as an organization, you want to be prepared in case the scenario unfolds right in front of you. So I think you know, teams may take the 20 minutes at the combine thinking we're not going to get this guy, but they'll take the 20 minutes there then, you know, come in, you know, in his home city or, you know, and obviously there's all kinds of things after the hours of the combine uh, end. Teams are taking prospects out for dinner, um, a little bit more extensive, uh, you know, time to spend with them. So there's all managing that side of it as well. So I'm sure I know on Phil's schedule, like after the combine is over, that he's going to have dinner with a, a few different teams that are probably in that area you know, of two, three, four, five. So he'll be busy outside of those interviews, but that's the reason for probably that number is, you know, pretty fair guess for, for me of after a few years of doing this, that teams will take that 20 minutes instead of, you know, taking them out when there's probably not a realistic chance to move up or, or, or you know, acquire the, a pick that's going to, in the range that he's going to go. What's, what, what's your role like? Do you, are you in constant contact during this combine process for him? Yeah, so prior to the combine, I mean, obviously we, uh, I know uh, Phil's in Toronto right now. He, he was with a couple different guys doing orientation on the testing, essentially teaching these guys how to test. So if there's a breathing technique, uh, you know, a jumping technique that, you know, they can do their best. At the end of the day, uh, teams want to see these guys compete, so, but just obviously giving them the tools that they can do their best. So he spent... Uh, you know, the day at the gym today, just kind of going through some things. Um, and then obviously discussing some of the questions that may arise. And then, you know, we're there where, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the entire NHL community is there. So, I mean, you know, we are, you know, potentially talking with general managers, assistant general managers on restricted players coming up or, you know, players coming up. So you're, you're there, you're having some meetings on things outside of that. You're lobbying for guys that, you know, lobbying for guys that are going to be in the draft. And, you want to provide that feedback to families, you know, kind of where they're going to go. And, and in some cases, you know, whether, you know, we recommend they should attend the draft or not. And, and usually with our clients, if you're going to go in that first or second round, you know, we're comfortable with saying, yeah, you know, come to the draft, you know, because anything can happen. If you're maybe a little bit later, you know, stay at home, enjoy the day and, and uh, you know, hope for the best. So, so we're obviously getting information from, you know, management and scouts and and trying to relay that to our clients and then you know we're around when the guys are through their interviews it's you know this journey you're kind of on together with your clients so you know they might walk out with an interview and say well they asked me this or you know even there's players and or people in management now that we've played with and have relationships with so we may you know plant a funny joke with with those guys and right. and and have some fun with it and obviously we take our guys to lunch and dinner uh in between uh interviews and stuff there and just like i said be there to support and and uh and obviously get get feedback as they are going to and from meetings well i know that uh, i i know that uh, you know you're well thought of by the red wing organization you're you're pretty tight with some of the guys still and as you said ken holland interviewed you uh way back in 1998 uh what do you do you approach individual teams if you know that they're hot on a client, 
or do you let them talk to you? I mean, because how much, you don't want to overkill or oversell, I would imagine, but is it a delicate line that you walk there in Buffalo because you've got to get a read not only how the player feels, maybe how some of these teams feel, and then also, as you just said, and this is something I think that we forget about most uh, uh, most people that uh, you know that that are fans or just kind of follow the draft from afar or, or the combines. You have to deal with parents as well, who I'm sure are really not that they're constantly in the kid's ear, but you know it's their parents and they yeah. certainly care about what happens to their son. Yeah, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I said it prior is it's how the player plays on the ice. As much as we right. would love to say to a player, you know, I can do this for you and I can do that, it's, it's really about the player's ability and his, his, the way that he performs on the ice is, is what is gonna get him drafted. Um, so, but uh, I mean, we're constantly talking and lobbying for our guys and pushing for our guys. And, um, but again, I, I mean, again, I can't say it enough that it's about how the player plays. And again, it's so you're not bugging Yuri Fisher all the time. I mean, you oh, I'm bugging Yuri are... <laughs> whenever I can. <laughs> so, whenever I can. But uh, like I said, we know we know that it's about how they perform and how they play. And and uh, you know, we might bring up some circumstances or or maybe invite a, a, a scout or management member to, to look at it from a different perspective or give them some information that maybe they don't have, you know, whether it's injuries or, you know, position or, you know, positioning with their, with their team or, you know, plant some little things that, uh, you know, may help them look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I, I know that, you, you know, this is all confidential stuff, so we have to kind of generalize as, as, as we're talking about this, but, but yeah. I would imagine you could say, hey, you know, so-and-so, let's, for lack of a better term, you know, this is the red and white authority. You go up to Ken Holland and you say, hey, I didn't know if you know this about so-and-so, but when you keep this in mind when you're talking to him, because this is kind of what's been going on, and even though maybe his numbers or, or whatever, you know, just, just to let them know, uh, even though... I, I, these guys have, you know, this isn't quote-unquote, I hate this expression, and I've been using it lately, it isn't their first rodeo. I yeah. mean, they kind of understand, but do you just try to sometimes just kind of bridge a gap where, you know, the kid's body of work looks good, but then there's a couple of holes in it, and that might not be because something it's more off-ice related than it is on-ice related. Is that something yeah, that you would share? that's a great example. Uh, it's a great example, I think. You know, and or the other way, the the you know the the ability is world class ability, and maybe the numbers don't match that ability. And and I think you know there's all kinds of circumstances that you know maybe being on a really deep team and not getting you know if you're on a really good junior team and you're in your draft year and you're not getting the ice time or you're behind a couple of NHL draft picks, that could be a reason. You're not on the power play, your numbers are down. So sometimes scouts gotta gotta dig and project. I mean, obviously it's. You know, you're drafting 18-year-old guys. You know, there's probably a group of six to ten players that have a chance to play immediately, and then mm -hmm. after that, it's, you know, these guys are a year or two years or four years down the road. You know, uh, that that the scouts have to project. And now this these guys. I know, like, there's, you know, the, the, the CHL, which is the Quebec League, the Ontario League, and the Western League in Canada. Then you have the NCAA, which is, of course, American colleges, and then European leagues as well. This combine, everybody is eligible, right? Because yeah. I know sometimes, like, for the Red Wings example, people don't understand this, and I'll repeat it, and I know, Ryan, you, you know this. Red Wing, Red Wing prospects that are col uh, collegians, can go to development camp and then that's it. That's they it. can't go to the prospects tournament, nor can they go to Red Wings, you know, training camp in September. 
but this is the combine is open to everyone. Yeah, the combine uh, college-bound athletes are uh, they're allowed to attend one one combine. So actually, outside of the NHL combine, if players aren't invited, some of the teams will do independent combines right after. So you can you can go to one one combine if you're a college-bound athlete. Do the Red Wings do that? Do you know? I don't think they do. Uh, I don't think that they do. And I think there's about 120 players globally that are invited to, to this combine. And then after that, um, there's some other teams that bring in 30, 40 players and looking at them, whether on the ice or off the you know. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of teams that are, that are digging. You have uh, uh, several players that are eligible for the draft. Uh, I know a few of them are going to be at the combine, just not Sedina. But I mean, do, do, do yeah, you? Phil will be at the, he'll be there. No, yeah. well, I know yeah. he'll be oh, there. I mean, yeah. just yeah. besides him, yeah. yes, yes, uh, 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 just not Sedina. Yeah. I, I think again, you gotta bear with me. I'm th- right, I, I don't know what's going on today with my mind. summer mode. Summer yeah, mode. yeah, it must be. I'm in shorts for the first time, and I just can't handle it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the uh, when you look at it that way, do, do some of these kids, because he's a high-end talent, do you have to reassure them, look, yeah, okay, he's great, and we all know that, and he's going to play in the league, and you know it's a foregone conclusion. But you're still very important to us, too. Do you have to do some coddling sometimes where a kid says, well, geez, you know, you're... You know, you're you know you're going out to dinner with so and so and so and so. You know, are you pumping the the tires on me too here? Yeah, no, I think it's you know again it goes back to how they play on the ice, but obviously we're always lobbying lobbying for our guys, and obviously it's not just me on my own. Right. I, obviously, my business associate Darren Ferris has been in the business uh, twenty four years, twenty five years, and I've been about five and a half. So we and then we have a, a great team that works with us as well. Um, so I, I mean we're we're looking after our guys, uh, you know, for sure, and, and making sure that, uh, you know, whatever they need, um, that uh, they're going to get it, and especially whatever they need to be the best NHL player down the road, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to be there for them uh, whenever we can to make sure that they have that. Well, I, you know, this is a little bit off the wall, but you said the first couple of days is strictly interviews. Yep. And then... And this is about a five-day process, I would imagine, right? Ends on Saturday, yeah. And then it ends on Saturday, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, so then after that, they go through the physical testing? On Thursday and Friday. And then what happens? Like Friday, Saturday's physical testing. After physical testing. Then is there, um, like, they all get together and the, the NHL says, or Central Sky says, thank you for being here. Not that they give them, like, a gift bag or anything. I don't mean it quite like that, but... Uh, or is it just, hey, you're uh, done and you're done? The NHL arranges travel for all the prospects, so they're in and out. So the, each individual player would have their travel itineraries to get back to their home cities, so in some cases back to Europe. Um, typically on CBC, they do uh, a cup final game where the top five or six prospects will sit in with Coach's Corner. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear that from the league on what night that will be game three or game four. So mm-hmm. some, some guys may travel to Washington to sit in with Don Cherry for the uh, the coach's corner. Uh, oh right, yeah, yeah, he does they, that they all do the time, that, right? Uh, so just waiting to hear on that, and then uh, and then guys will travel home and then and then get back in for the draft. And really, you know, for every prospect, we try to to help them understand what their summer may look like. Summer college bound, summer, you know, playing major junior, and you know, upon these guys being drafted uh, June twenty second, twenty third. Some teams have their development camps immediately after. Some teams have them a little bit longer. So their summer uh, is 
is gone pretty quickly and and obviously to even to be prepared for those development camps it's uh you know we're going through all the all that with our players right now so so they know what to expect if there's somebody the red wings hone in on three guys that they think is going to be there um and they probably go out to dinner with them or or, or whatever but they can only interview them a formal interview only once for 20 minutes uh and then if you know they're, they're they can't I guess they could finagle their way if they like the kid, take him to dinner. Which is is that still more of a uh, uh, an interview process, or I guess depending because it's not just maybe it's like three or four guys, maybe even more. Is that more to see just how they interact with people or what their social skills are I, like? I, or? I mean, obviously, yeah, playing in the NHL is so hard to do. So I mean, you need some special qualities, and on top of on top of hockey ability, you need some special qualities and organizations probably rank those qualities you know differently uh, but I think you know I'm sure teams are always they're thinking they're thinking about you know looking at things as they're going to dinner you know is, does this guy have self-confidence is he how does he carry himself is he is he committed is he going to be honest with us so I think yeah I think it's a it's a great opportunity for the teams and the and the players so. if so if there's a guy that is uh, uh, you know He's with his peers, and he, you, know, you can notice if you may, he's a little bit intimidated or he's holding back because he's with, quote-unquote, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Or if there's a guy who's, you know, putting straws in his nose and goofing around. I mean, I guess you probably don't want either one of those kind of guys. You want a guy who's, who's pretty level-headed, I would imagine. And, again, I think that will be a small part of it, but <laughs> right, going right. back to the on-ice performance. Uh, but, I, again, I think the, the character of the player and figuring out what makes that makes that guy tick is is you know gonna gonna be important as well to the to the team well you mentioned you mentioned Tyler Wright and I know last year when the Red Wings drafted uh, they had 11 draft picks in the 2017 draft that was in Chicago he said one of the very important things and why they like Michael Rasmussen so much but most of the kids that they drafted had letters on their sweaters either they were captain of their team or they were an alternate captain uh, I, I would imagine that as you're counseling a kid, is there any way that you can say shoot for a letter, or is that a team thing, or did, did I mean do they know, you know, it because I didn't realize how important, and maybe this is just a Red Wing thing. Really look and see if that kid's got something on their jersey besides you know uh, the logo of their team. Yeah, I mean I think being. You know whether it's junior college, I mean to be recognized by your teammates as a leader, it's a, it's a, obviously a great, uh, great honor. So I think, you know, to say we're counseling players to to be a captain, I mean obviously we'd love all of our all of our guys to be to be leaders, right? Um, mm -hmm. But again, I think that's an important thing. Character. It's, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to lead. You can lead by example. You can be a little bit more vocal. But um, I think it is an important important a great honor to be recognized by your teammates by your coaches at the uh you know the junior and college levels to obviously it's going to help you get your foot in the door as a pro so really to kind of wrap up the whole combine thing it's important and it's good to make a good impression but overall and I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth you try to stress to them this is a really small sliver of the big picture so if you think you blew it or you know you didn't test well Really don't worry about it because, again, it's still what you do on the ice and you have pretty good credentials on the ice. Yeah, I mean, if you're there, if you're invited to the combine, you're, you're in the top 100 players, 120 players, 
you know, in in the world. So I think you you've done the right things to get yourself there. And again, it's important information for the teams, but it's not going to be the determining factor on on where you're drafted or, you know, or not. I know you have two two sons, both play hockey here in the the, the Detroit area. I know you're coaching one of them, and you yeah. you know you were a coach, as I said, in the OHL. Um, why turn to be become an agent? What 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 led you down that path? You know what? It's uh, I coach in the OHL. I, I really enjoyed the the coaching side of it, um, and I actually coached uh, after a couple years uh, in the OHL. Uh, the the man who hired me, who now works for the Arizona Coyotes, he said, "Don't worry, I've been here 29 years, and uh, you know you can make a good home here in Peterborough." And he was let go two years into a three-year three deal, and our kids were young, and I was just like, I don't know about coaching's a tough business. It's you know you're moving, you're you're getting you're hired to be fired, and and I just at the time with it, you know, where uh, our kids, our sons, sons' ages, it was probably not something I wanted to pursue at that time. And then uh, we moved to Toronto. I coached with Ty Domi, and I coached a team with Max Max Domi, Darnell Nurse. And uh, Ty, Ty had recommended, he's like, you know what, you're at Barnsley, you're, you're great with kids. Um, and he wanted to help me get back into coaching, whether it was a USHL or OHL. And I said, I don't know if I want to do that, but I, I, I love the game, want to be involved uh, in hockey. And then he actually introduced me to Pat Brisson. And so I worked with Pat a little bit and with Max exclusively. And, and uh, yeah, so that's wow. how I kind of got started in the business. And then, you know, then Darren came along and moved into more of a, uh, a full, more full-time role and opportunity with him. So, so Ty, uh, I have Ty Domi to thank for for helping me get involved with it. And you know, again, it's uh, it's really enjoyable. I mean, you're you're dealing with you know all kinds of milestone moments and and things that players and families dream of, whether it's being drafted or playing their first game or you know hitting a milestone, you know, in the National Hockey League. It, um, you know, you get to work with families and players and in, in real, real enjoyable moments. And um, you know, it's uh, it's hard work. You gotta. You know, you got to be available for your players 24/7, and and uh, you know, as we're sitting here, my uh, yeah, my, your phone my, has just been my, ringing my, off my the phone's hook. blowing up here, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's hard work, but uh, and it's a competitive business, but uh, but really enjoying it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun, it's fun to be involved in the in the careers of our players. Just a couple of quick thoughts, because I know you're busy. We'll, we'll we'll let you go here, because you've done a great job in in giving us an idea of what this combine is all about and how it's it's big, but maybe not quite as big as maybe sometimes we make it out to be. Um, I am kind of, uh, I, I'm kind of curious because I, you know, I read about this draft since last year. Since the draft ended in Chicago, everybody started talking about this draft specifically, 2018, deepest draft maybe in the history of drafts. Okay, you know it's going to be over-exaggerated. But as we get closer, people seem to be dialing back a little bit saying, We've got some really good, maybe the first four or five guys, maybe six, hopefully if you're a Red Wing fan, can probably play in the league and may have an impact right away. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, for sure, everybody thinks. After that, the next five or six, they're very, very good players, but they might need a little seasoning. Then when you get back to the, you know, like 11 through 20, these are kids, they're not projects by any means, but they still need maybe, whether it's college a couple of years or whatever, is that a fair assessment or are there diamonds in the rough? Is this a real deep draft? Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of talent. Like I think it's a fair assessment uh, to make at the top with you know some guys being, at least having the chance to, to step in and, and help a club right away. And I mean, I've, you know, with, when our business were a few years ahead, um, obviously looking at talent and recruiting that talent. So I know this, 
you know this age group pretty well. Obviously, it's the two thousand born mm -hmm. players, and with some of the late ninety nines. Two thousand. Uh, so I think I think there is uh, you know some some talent to be unearthed from the, from this group, and and uh, I think you know there's some players that uh, you know maybe are a little bit down that have a chance to be maybe better NHLers. That I think teams are really going to have to to do their work to to find the find who those guys are that are going to be uh, career NHLers and. It's uh, it's a draft. I mean, anything can anything can happen. It's funny. I, uh, you know, sometimes you know we're, you know, even with the draft, I said it's a you know you're a number, and I always joke with some of our clients. I said, hey, look, you can go in the first round. So I said I went four rounds ahead of Pavel Datsuk. I said it it doesn't really? it, it doesn't matter. You know, it you know it's a it's a number for a day. It's Hollywood for a day. But uh, you know the draft is is uh, one day, and then the number doesn't define you. It's uh, you, your work is just beginning at that point. So wow, well, well, you, you know it's funny. You know when you look at it, uh, some of you know, the, the the way the draft uh, the way the draft does uh, work out. Um, do you think, you know, rumors are now floating around. And one thing is, is that everyone's kind of walking a little bit back about this is the greatest draft of all time. But then now I'm hearing rumors is, is that, hey, when you get into Dallas, prepare for a lot of wheeling and dealing. I mean, the Red Wings, by their own admission, Ken Holland says, you know, we're open for business. Tyler Wright has said on, on this, well, both of them have said on this podcast, hey, look, I mean, we could trade up, we could trade down, we could just make a trade. I mean, do you expect this? to be maybe kind of a bit more of a free-for-all draft than it has been in the past? I mean, I think that's that's what everyone is expecting. I mean, there's all kinds of media reports out there with, you know, some really good players that have term on their contract looking to be moved. I mean, it's been reported in the media. Jeff Skinner is one of those players, and Pat Redi is one of those players, and Eric Carlson is one of those players, and, you know, you got the Islanders with two picks. So I think there's, there's certainly potential for – you know, for an exciting, uh, exciting a couple of days in Dallas. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think I'm doing this long enough that that seems to be the general sense in the media that it's this. And there's going to be trades and it's going to be all kinds of action. And sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. But uh, just with some of those, you know, based on some of those media reports and and uh, watching closely, I, I think this this year more than any that, that's that has the potential to be uh, be explosive. Uh, I, I, we're going to have you on again. Because I, I really want to. I'd love to be back. Yeah, yeah so I really want to talk to you about this. But I, I want to move towards just one of your clients, Red Wing Andreas Athanasiu. Last year there was that contract impasse and all that. This year he's arbitration eligible. And if you could just tell the fans, there's going to be no issue with Andreas Athanasiu this year because he is arbitration eligible as opposed to a couple of other guys, uh, Anthony Mantha and Dylan Larkin, who will be going through maybe the same process that Athanasiu did. Can you just explain uh, what Athanasiu's contract situation will be like this summer? Yeah, I know that, uh, as I said earlier, um, you know, we'll use the combine or even the draft to you know, our, our team will get with the Red Wing team and, and talk with Ken and, and, and Chris and, and Ryan and kind of see what they're thinking and we'll have our ideas and I'm sure something will come to a solution uh, uh, sooner than later, obviously, with uh, him having arbitration rights. With arbitration eligible, the way I understand it, is that he could be signed, you could, the Red Wings, he could sign a contract with the Red Wings before, but if you're still at kind of an impasse, you go into arbitration, the Red Wings have a number, and you guys have a number, Athanasiu has a number, and then an arbitrator picks which one he thinks is the fairest. And then the team would have a right to either accept that or, or walk away from it. Too. If so they walk away, he becomes an unrestricted free agent then, or what if, happens? If they, cho if they chose not to. Really? Yeah. 
So, they, well, you know that. You know, I, I've been famous. I told Thomas Tatar he wasn't going to get traded on this podcast, but I just, <laughs> I just don't see that happening. Uh, but um, yeah, I know with, Andres now, loves, loves the wings and loves <laughs> loves the fans of Detroit. So. Well, yeah, we, he and I, we got that Greek thing going, so I, hope, I, I, I love him. Uh, but with that said, um, is this a, if, if it goes to arbitration, then is he still pretty much, arbit, he could go through arbitration until he becomes an unrestricted age, free agent at 27? After, after four years of service, players have arbitration rights up until unrestricted free agents. Really? So, so that's he, why typically you see, like Thomas Tatar's deal, for example, puts him beyond his right. years, buys years into his unrestricted free agency. You know, I, I mean, I guess ideally for both sides would be to not go through arbitration every year till he's 27, yeah, I to think, try to get a deal done. I think done. on the player's behalf and also on the club's behalf, no one wants to have to go through that. So, um, like I said, we'll, we'll, our teams will get together and, and uh, you know, whether it be here in Buffalo or in Dallas and, and uh, we'll see what, uh, see what everyone is thinking. Okay, one final question. Uh, this is I, I'm torn with this Stanley Cup final because I love Gerard Gallant. I like Tatara an awful lot. Uh, you know what Vegas went through, obviously with the shooting tragedy. It's such a great story. I think it's if they win the Stanley Cup, I think it's the greatest story in the history of team professional sports. If they win it their first year, but then again. Barry Trotz is a great guy. I really like him. And, you know, Ovi, you got to be rooting for him, too. So, I, you know, and then, well, Stevie would have been, Stevie and Gallant dynamic would have been interesting, too, if Tampa would have played. But how do you see this unfolding? And is this good for the National Hockey League that Vegas is in the final? I think it's great. It's great for the league. I mean, how exciting. I mean, I know there's some talk of, of Seattle coming into the league soon. And, I mean, your team has a chance to win in year one. I mean, it's. I think it's great. I mean, I think the management team in Vegas got it. You know, they they got it right. They they worked really hard. They found the players that would fit into their into their ideas, and uh, obviously the players went out and, and executed. So I mean, I think it's great. Um, I think Vegas with home ice advantage um, in the, in this series, I think will be will be the factor and. And uh, I don't know, kind of pulling after Barry uh, Trotz did that hot lap uh, in the morning of Game <laughs> it was Seven. Great. That was yeah. great. So kind of pulling, you know, kind of pulling for him again. That was uh, that was a cool thing to see uh, a coach to do for his team in a, you know, a pretty uh, pretty big game that night. So uh, so yeah, there's some definitely some some storylines that you want to see the Caps uh, be rewarded. But uh, I think ultimately home ice advantage in the series uh, for Vegas will will see them winning. All right, so you, you like Vegas. I'm torn. You know, I, I, I do think just because, you know, I have the center ice package, and there were games where they'd be down by a goal late in the third period, and they'd score two goals in 10 seconds or something and win. I mean, it just seems, and having Mark andre Fleury in net, which is really the key to why I think they're so successful, especially playoff time. I'm not saying anything that no one already knows, but I, you know, I just think it's destiny. I really, really do. But then again, if you're into the destiny card, Finally getting through Pittsburgh and, you know, what Washington was able to do in that game seven, I was stunned yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, they shut Tampa out. They faced elimination twice and they shut them out both times. Yeah, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn either, but for game seven, I have a few, few you know, a few clients that are from Florida and, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're Bolts fans, not eligible for the draft yet, and they're Bolts fans. And I said, I would be a little 
little worried that Ovi hasn't scored in three games and playing as well as he has. And sure enough, he scored on the first shot so, uh, <laughs> of the game. So it was, uh, yeah, that was a great series. I mean, game six was one of the best NHL games of, of the season. Oh, incredible. Sure. Just so, incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, I'm going to have to, yeah, I know you've got to go and you've got some obligations here. Uh, Ryan Barnes, former Red Wing, uh, high draft pick, second rounder. Uh, Yuri Fisher and Pavel Datsuk taken in the same draft. So you can tell how highly the Red Wings thought of, uh, of Ryan Barnes as a hockey player. Uh, currently an agent for the DHG group, which is the uh, definitive hockey group. And best of luck. We'll have you on, Ryan. Thank you so much. You know, I'm old enough. I do remember you as a player, and uh, I appreciate you taking time out and being on the Red and White Authority. Thank you. Thank you for having me.